right, ladies and gentlemen, great to have you on board. This is The VU, the voice of one. This is VU 145. This one for May 14, year of our Lord 2022. It's Woody Cumbie, your host, bringing you the grand pre-blend of coffee, current events, faith, and FSU sports. Well, a good day for FSU sports as FSU softball just won the ACC championship. Congratulations to softball at Florida State, defeating Clemson in the championship game. Beach volleyball, by the way, made it to the national championship game just last week, only to fall to USC. And men's tennis playing right this moment in the round of 16 of the NCAA championship, playing Tennessee. But meanwhile, here in Indianapolis, it's the month of May. That means race cars at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, all roads leading to the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500 on Memorial Day weekend. But today, today, the Indy Grand Prix, 27 laps in. Colton Herta in the lead right this moment as I record. And so they are sneaking in this in between rain showers. So the good news about the Grand Prix is they are actually able to run on rain tires, rain tires, where the Indianapolis 500 isn't able to do so. But this race actually started with the course quite wet. And uh, so quite a few spin outs and that kind of thing. But at least they were able to get the race going. Colton Herta in the lead as we speak. All right, folks. Uh, oh, also, because listen, they do the flyover, right? The flyover. The Jets do the flyover at Indianapolis when they do the national anthem. Well, today, and it's always different kinds of planes, but today, today was the A-10 Warthog. You know, that plane that was made famous during the Gulf War. Well, they queue up, they queue up out here in Carmel, Indiana, and the queue up path is right over my house. I mean, literally right over my house. So these uh, A-10 Warthogs made uh, several passes over my house before making their run down there to uh, the flyover. So pretty cool to watch that. All right, folks. So three segments today for VU 145. Three segments. Ultra MAGA. Gerber, and the Ukraine gravy train. That's right. <laughs> Those three segments coming to you right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Segment number one, Ultra MAGA. Well, you might have heard by now that the current occupant held a press conference to say that well, that he's taking inflation seriously, and that, in fact, it's his top domestic priority. He then said that he has a plan. That's right, folks. Our current occupant has a plan to curb inflation. Now, this plan probably is similar to previous plans, like the plan to stop the coronavirus on day one, or maybe his plan to you know, pull out of Afghanistan, that plan. Well, anyway, he's got a plan. But, he says, his plan should be contrasted against the other plan, the plan the Republicans have. He says the Republicans have an alternative plan, and this is how he described it. The other path is the ultra-MAGA plan put forward by congressional Republicans. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's right, folks. Not only do the Republicans have a plan, they have the ultra MAGA plan. That's right, the ultra Make America Great Again plan. So you have a choice. That's what the occupant said. America has a choice. His plan or the ultra MAGA plan. Well, this term ultra MAGA even goes on later to say MAGA King or King MAGA. <laughs> well, of course, that phrase just immediately blew up on social media. I mean, it just went absolutely crazy. It was the most meme-worthy statement. And so it just exploded on social media. And uh, it was seized on right away by Donald Trump Jr. Jr. Yeah, he posted uh, a two-part photo, a meme, a two-part photo. And one part of the photo had, uh, had uh, Donald Trump with his, uh, just a regular photo of Donald Trump, you know, with the hair. And, but then he has the second photo is, is uh, Trump with like this bouffant, like this, the same, it's the same color, that blonde, kind of blondy gray, whatever it is. And, and only it's, you know, all the way puffed up like this gigantic caricature uh, bouffant uh, hairstyle. And so the first picture was called MAGA and the second picture was called Ultra MAGA. So uh, Donald Trump Jr., he tweeted that out, put it on Instagram, got a lot of likes. Then uh, the Donald himself seized on it. And he posted a, a beam and he had gotten somebody to put this thing together, very professionally done, a piece of artwork. And it looked like almost like a movie poster. And it was a takeoff on Lord of the Rings, especially Return of the King, Return of the King. And so uh, it had kind of the guy that's uh, the face of the, the guy that was the Return of the King and Lord of the Rings, only kind of superimposed or like Donald Trump. It's kind of like this. And so it's kind of like, if you look closely, it's like this is actually kind of Donald Trump's face. And so, but he's got the, like the store, kind of the Excalibur type sword or whatever it is that he's like. And so then across the bottom and like those letters of that was concurrent with uh, that uh, series or that those movies is like Return of the MAGA King, right? <laughs> So that that got a bunch of uh, that got a bunch of likes. So and then already now already uh, there's a rap song. That's right, the ultra mega rap song. They already hate us, so let's make them matter. Ooh. They said we extreme, yeah, I hit a chatter. I be Christ first, and the rest don't matter. Two way on me, run up on my back, so going ultra mega. Boom, there you have it, ultra mega rap. That one by Bryson Gray. Available where all fine music is sold. Okay, folks. Well, <laughs> needless to say, the ultra MAGA <laughs> comment kind of blew up in their face. And yet, it's so funny because our, this, <laughs> according to Fox News, which is quoting the Washington Post, uh, there's this. According to the Washington Post, the ultra MAGA messaging came from a, listen to it now, six-month research project from the liberal group Center for American Progress Action Fund headed by Biden top aide Anita Dunn. That's right. They kept doing focus groups, focus groups, what would be the perfect thing to say, and they came up after six months with ultra MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely classic DC. All right. 
Which brings me, by the way, to segment number two. While they're spending six months coming up with Ultra Maga, that's right, the shelves are bare of baby food. That's right, second segment, Gerber. Yep, that's right, the USA is out of baby food. That's right, the United States of America. Shelves are devoid of baby food in many places. Young parents, in a panic, what to feed baby. All right, so (laughs) let's just see where we are after two years of the current administration. Well, we have the stock market in a historic fall, inflation in a historic rise, the supply chain broken, no new cars on the lot, used cars, record high prices, the infamous Afghanistan pullout, and creeping now toward World War III. And Right here at home, your Air Force Academy cadets, just two weeks away from would-be graduation, but no, refusing graduation to those who do not get the COVID vaccine. And now, no baby food. No baby food. By the way, do you know the history of baby food? The history of baby food. Well, it turns out, the good news for us, SolidStarts.com has... An article called The History of Baby Food (laughs) says baby food is traditionally known. Jars of sweet potatoes and cans of rice cereal didn't really exist until the 1920s. That's right, 1920s. A guy named Harold Clapp uh, came out with it uh, after his wife fell ill, couldn't care for their baby, and he developed a soup made from beef, broth, vegetables, and cereal. And uh, when he saw how well baby did on the soup, he began to make big batches and eventually started selling it to other parents via local drugstores. Well, a few years after, this is according to the story here on Solid Starts, the history of baby food. It says, a few years after Claps, baby food went on sale in New York pharmacies. Frank and Dan Gerber, father and son, began experimenting with strained baby food at their cannery, the Fremont, the Fremont Cannery Company. By 1930, Fremont produced more than 2 million cans of baby food, which included a variety of strained fruits and vegetables, as well as beef vegetable soup. That's right. And recognizing the tremendous opportunity, companies such as Heinz and Beechnut quickly followed suit. Right? So it goes on to talk about after 1933 how the spread of baby food was prolific. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, it turns out that Gerber, according to the story we just read, Gerber evolved from some homemade baby food. That's right. A, a man was pressed into making baby, baby foods and uh, just came up with his own recipe. And then Gerber improved upon it and made it uh, uh, a little bit better. And then, boom, it was off to the races. But ladies and gentlemen, you can't do that now. No, 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 you can't, you can't, if that baby, that baby's hungry, you can't make it at home. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen, you can't make that baby food at home. It's extremely dangerous to make that baby food at home. At least that's what we're being told in the media. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you this. From Fox 2 Now in St. Louis, headline, Pediatricians Warn of Homemade Baby Formula Dangers Amid Shortages. 
All right, here's WGEM, wherever that is. Local experts warn against homemade baby formula. Then there's Spectrum News 1. Medical experts warn against homemade baby formula. Then, of course, there's KHOU11, no doubt in Houston, that says medical experts warn against homemade baby formula as shortages continue. 11 Alive, wherever it is, says pediatricians warn against homemade baby formula amid shortages. And Fox 2 Now in St. Louis, pediatricians warn of homemade baby formula dangers amid shortages. And you notice a trend there? They're all about the same. They all got the same memo. They all got the same story. They all repeated the exact same story. Can't make that baby formula at home. The electrolytes, they might be they might be a little off and the, might be a, just a little bit. Just You just can't have those electrolytes to be. It's got to be perfect balance. Really, only science can create it. No mom could create it. That's right. Mom, there's no way you can create something for your baby to eat at home because it might be dangerous because it's imbalanced. All right, so folks, here's the question of the day. How did humanity make it from Adam and Eve until 1933? Oh, seriously, I'm, I'm just wondering, how did we make it? Because, I mean, until Gerber, right, uh, until science... Uh, we were, I don't know how, I don't know how we made, I don't know how babies survived. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, anyway, uh, parents in a panic, baby, baby hungry, but can't make formula at home. Don't try it. Don't try it. All right, folks, I'm going to be right back. <laughs> the one final segment, Ukraine gravy train <laughs> right after this. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Segment number three, the Ukraine gravy train. Okay, so even as shelves are barren of baby food, the current administration has discovered an unlimited supply of dollars. That's right, but not for us. <laughs> oh, no. We're sending those dollars over to Ukraine, we think. Anyway, there's 40 million, no, billion with a B, 40 billion dollars. They were adding to the already four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever it is, billion that we've already, quote, sent to Ukraine. All right. So, yeah, that's right. Congress, all of them, Republicans, Democrats. Yeah, 40 billion to Ukraine. But is it going to Ukraine? Does anybody know where it's going? Well, gosh, one person dared to ask, and it held up the whole process. That ornery guy, Rand Paul, actually asked where the money might be going. Where's $40 billion going when you're saying you're, quote, sending it to Ukraine? Where, in fact, is this $40 billion going? Here's what Rand had to say on the floor of the Congress. My oath of office is to the U.S. Constitution, not to any foreign nation. And no matter how sympathetic the cause my oath of office is to the national security of the United States of America. We cannot save Ukraine by dooming the U.S. economy. This bill under consideration would spend $40 billion. This is the second spending bill for Ukraine in two months. And this bill is three times larger than the first. 
Our military aid to Ukraine is nothing new, though. Since 2014, the United States has provided more than $6 billion in security assistance to Ukraine, in addition to the $14 billion Congress authorized just a month ago. If this bill passes, the U.S. will have authorized roughly $60 billion in total spending for Ukraine. For those who say this is not enough, for those of you in this chamber who say that our military spending is never enough, let's put $60 billion into perspective. According to Elias Youssef, a security assistant at the Stimson Center, Kiev would become the largest yearly recipient of U.S. military aid of the past two decades. Except for the top five countries, $60 billion is more than every other country in the world spends on their entire military expenditures. If this gift to Ukraine passes, our total aid to Ukraine will almost equal the entire military budget of Russia. And it's not as if we have that money lying around. We will have to borrow that money from China to send it to Ukraine. And so there it is, $60 billion going to Ukraine. We don't know where to Ukraine. We don't know to get what. Nobody quite enumerates what the $60 billion is going to do for Ukraine at a time when we don't have baby formula and can't buy a new car and the used cars are overpriced and the and the supply chain is broken and etc cetera, etc cetera. so but we're going to send 60 billion to somewhere to do something for Ukraine I'm telling you folks somebody needs to be asking some questions and yet even republicans outrageously in the Congress are using phrases like this, we are at war. Really? We are at war? Now, you remember when the previous administration was in, 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 uh, in office and the, there was that whole time when it's like, oh, he's going to take us to nuclear war. We're going to have a nuclear war. Well, here we literally are in a circumstance where there's a, a crazy uh, Putin over there uh, threatening nuclear war and the, are the same are the same media outlets uh, having an outrage night after night that uh, that we're we're about to go to nuclear war? No, not a thing, not a thing. They're all for it. Sixty billion. They're all for it. All for it. Wow, wow, wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's VU one forty five. <laughs> Ultra mega Gerber, and. Finally, the $60 billion Ukraine gravy train. All right, hope you enjoyed it, ladies and gentlemen. Be back with you sometime soon. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. In Jesus' name.